Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. How are you all doing today? Are you well? I do hope you are okay. We're here. It's a Friday episode, so it's a short one. We'll be sending you on your way in next to no time. But before we send you on your way, let's get stuck into the books. So the first book we're going to talk about is West Heart Kill by Dan McDorman. And then the second chat is not a book. It's with Lawrence Kilpatrick from The Pigeonhole, which is a really interesting book service, not sponsored, I hasten to add, but a really interesting book service about how to access books before they're published and read them collectively and in sort of like a serialisation. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get stuck in. So the first book, West Heart Kill by Dan McDorman. Let me read you the blurb on this one. It's the 4th of July weekend at the prestigious West Heart Country Club. Gathered for cocktails on the first evening are just some of the guests. The club president, the treasurer and his pregnant wife, the snooping schoolboy, the bereaved father, the caretaker, the prospective member. And there will also be a body and a private detective and a fiendish mystery to solve. But everything else is all to play for. And you are about to find out that you have a role to play in this mystery too. And this book, wow. I really enjoyed it. It's so different from some of the other books that I've read. So let's go and talk to Dan McCormick now for their five minutes. And of course, I should say, if you want to hear more, please do go back and you can hear a full, much longer interview with Dan on a previous episode. It is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Dan McDorman, whose book is called West Heart Kill. Dan, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Nice to see you. It's great to have you back on to talk about this book. You have five questions in five minutes. Are you ready for this? Here we go. I'm ready. First question. Can you summarize this book for us? Yeah. So as quick as I can, it's it's a metafictional, somewhat experimental take on, on the classic murder mystery. It takes place at a hunting club in upstate New York in the, in the mid-1970s. It is the the characters are the kind of 
scheming, well-off, vindictive, murderous kind of people that are very fun to read about as potential suspects or victims. So it has all these sort of classic ingredients. Then on top of it, I do, there's a bunch of literary shenanigans going on and I change points of view. I include essays about the genre itself that are actually part of the story and reflect black on the plot and characters. So it gets, it's a bit of a, it's a Rube Goldberg way of writing a novel, but it's hopefully a lot of fun. Did it give you headaches writing it? Did you have pieces of paper all around your room with pieces of string going from one to the other? No, I had, I wrote it in Google Docs, which is like the most boring answer anyone can have for how they, they write something. And I just had one doc that was an outline and narrative, but I, it wasn't too, truth be told, the plot itself wasn't as tortured as the plots of some of my favorite mystery writers. I was able to more or less keep it all in my head. Impressive. Your second question, who would this book appeal to? Who should be reading this book? Any diehard fan of mysteries, and I know you're out there in Legion, (laughs) will, I hope, really enjoy this book because it's essentially written for you. It's the secret of mysteries is that very few people have read just one, right? You have read dozens, if not hundreds of them. You probably know the rules of the game better than the writer whom you're reading, unless they're one of the greats. This book tackles that challenge head on and embraces it. And at points is saying what the writer is doing very explicitly because the good reader will have figured it out anyway. So it, it brings it to the forefront. And if things, if I've done it, it'll, the feeling will be a little bit like watching a magician perform a, a trick while he's explaining how he does it. Did you learn lots of facts as well about some of the traditional mysteries as you were writing it or did you already know everything that you needed to include i learned a ton i did a lot of research i had i think it's fair to say a a very deep but narrow knowledge of the genre so i knew a great deal about people like agatha christie gk chesterton sir arthur conan doyle and then here in the u.s like chandler hammett later paul oster but i had to expand that a great deal so i i read a lot of Frankly, I just read a ton of mysteries. And then I did a lot of research on studies of the genre as as well. But no, I had to go back to school, as it were. Super. Your fourth question. Can you tell us your favorite major and your favorite minor character in the book? So my favorite major character, I would have to say, is the detective, the private detective. And the who's a very tortured, of course, he had, the, the, they have to be tortured souls and has a, a lot of background and baggage that he carries with him. And my favorite minor character, I think, is there's a little boy named Ralph in the novel who plays a, a crucial role at a couple points and is a little bit, in a very almost mystical way, is a little bit of the connective tissue between the story that you're reading and then some of the some of the essays and other extracurricular things that are going on in the novel. Fantastic. We come to the final question. And when we last talked, we raised the issue of your favorite cookie. And this time it is about the drink. What drink was powering the writing of West Hart Kill? I I previewed this uh, in our last conversation, but it was definitely just copious, unhealthy amounts of coffee. That was consumed by the barrel full, especially since I, I did a lot of the writing early on. So it was caffeine through and through. 
And how are you taking your coffee? Is Are you adding milk to it or is it black or what's your preferred route? I, I have a really ridiculous Brooklyn household that's almost a, a, a caricature. We, we've got six or seven different ways of creating coffee. We've got like drip, we've got French press, we've got espresso machine, instant, etc. So I use all of the above in, in making it, but I, I take it no sugar with milk. Sounds like a great place to be. Just expect a, the doorbell to ring. It'll be all right. of us come round for coffee. It's just been wonderful to talk to you and hear more about West Hart Kill. Dan McDormand, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me back. Super. And now let's go on to Lawrence Kilpatrick from The Pigeonhole. This is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Lawrence Kilpatrick from The Pigeonhole. Lawrence, welcome back. Thanks very much, Philippa. You've got five questions in five minutes. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Slight bit scared, but yeah. First question, just to sort of go over some of the elements that we talked about last time. Can you sort of give us a summary of The Pigeonhole? The Pigeonhole is Europe's biggest and best digital reading group, community-based reading group for accessing the newest, best books before they're published as part of a big, happy digital town square. <laughs> and it's fair to say that the books are published or not published. We are able to read the books in what you call staves. So you create a series so over what period of time would we be reading those elements? Normally around about 10 days. We pinch that word stave from Dickensian mm. publication. It also has kind of musical connotations mm. as well. But yeah, around about 10 days, unless you've got some whopping historical novel that requires kind of 13 or 14 staves. Yeah, we're looking at about 10 days of your time with normally about 30 or 40 minutes reading a day. Right. Yeah. So that's manageable for hopefully a lot of people and they can access it on a screen, whether it's computer, phone, iPad, yeah. that sort of thing. Exactly. So how do we sign up for this? How would we go about being part of the pigeonhole gang? So we would always encourage you to follow us on our social channels. So you can find us at the pigeonhole on X or Twitter and on Facebook. But our website is the pigeonhole. Dot com, And if you just search for us in Android or iOS app stores, Pigeonhole, we have a kind of blue icon, which is a pigeon. And there you'll be able to create an account for free and then start reading. Were you really happy when Twitter dropped the bird? So you were, you're like the only bird left. That's I hadn't actually thought of that. But I suppose <laughs> that does kind of free up the air somewhat for our pigeon. <laughs> Instead of staves, you need a more pigeon word, feathers or... Yeah, something. What sort of range of books can we read? What would we expect to see cropping up? We we specialise in, in narrative, plot driven fiction, leaning towards the more commercial side. We have we've had lots of great historical fiction. Psychological thrillers are always crowd pleasers. Domestic noir, but we've even had success with things like some types of different nature writing. We do some nonfiction. We did a book called A Bit of a Stretch. About 18 months, two years ago, which was a non-fiction book about a filmmaker who ended up in prison, Chris Atkins. And he's actually just brought out a new book called Time After Time, which we're not serializing, unfortunately. But those kind of books are great for serialization too, because just riveting narrative about prison life was just so, so interesting for people. But I would encourage people to go and get his follow-up book because it's brilliant as well. 
And it's fair to say that most of the books that people can read are available pre-publication. So you're getting ahead of the crowd. Yeah, ahead of the curve. Sometimes we do kind of paperback launches if a publisher is kind of looking to add a bit more buzz around a paperback launch, but predominantly hardback. So yeah, you will be reading the book before people can go and buy it in Waterstones or on Amazon. People also find that element exciting. And we also do some live events. So we have authors on in kind of Google Hangouts where you can ask them questions and engage with them properly. And and that's, that's not just kind of authors looking to build a audience. We've had Jeffrey Archer do that. We've had Ken Follett do that. So some some really big names will, will get involved, which is great. And we should say the books are free. You don't have to pay. There's just a sort of an obligation to join in with the, the book chat and to put it on some review sites afterwards. Would that be a fair summary? Yeah, I think we've kind of created a culture where people are getting pretty good service. Some people are reading kind of eight to 10 books a month. So it's, it's a lot of, lot of free books. So we, our messaging is never kind of imperative, but it's part of the pigeonhole kind of culture too, as a way of thanking the authors, mm-hmm. the publishers, the pigeonhole, you engage with serialization and you leave feedback in the form of a review. And that's what keeps the wheels turning. That's what enables us to still um, satisfy publishers and produce good results for them. So um, if the review stop, then, then we stop. So um, we do always encourage people to leave reviews when they've read a book with us. Excellent. We come to the last question. And when we talked previously, there was the biscuit question. Uh, Of course, this one is about what drink, tea, coffee, what drink is powering the reading of the books available on Pigeonhole, Lawrence? So I'm a very keen subscriber to a coffee company called Pact, and they make amazing and extremely sustainable coffee. So I would urge people that I'm not sponsored by Pact, but it's just amazing (laughs) coffee and it's only about eight quid and it's just absolutely delicious and they're a really nice company. And so are you drinking that black or are you adding milk to it? What's your preferred coffee of choice? Always black. Yeah. I, can't, I, live, I live very much in reality and black coffee is reality. <laughs> you cloud my delicious coffee with a pint of milk. <laughs> it's just wonderful to talk to you again and find out more about the pigeonhole. I'd really recommend people having a, a look at it. And if you're an author wanting your book to be featured, there are options for that as well. So go and have a look. Lawrence Kilpatrick of The Pigeonhole. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Philippa. It's been great. Excellent. Well, those are your two interviews. So just to recap, we've had West Hart Kill by Dan McDorman and The Pigeonhole Service, Book Service. We've spoken to Lawrence Kilpatrick. Um, that, those are your books. Those are your chats. I'm sending you on your way. I hope you have a lovely weekend planned. I hope all is well with you. And I'll be back on Monday with more waffle. Just look after yourselves and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. 5 years younger. In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.